yo, taking you back to the woods. I was a boy, I wasn't worried at all. Yeah, I might have been a hood. What's good, world? This is VA with AJ, and this is the HR podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Can't wait to talk to y'all about some great topics that we got today. Go ahead and bring it in, AJ. This is AJ and VA. This is an inaugural show of the HR podcast. So thank you. Remember, this is for all of y'all. And uh, we're going to get into some major things today in the world of sports. We're talking Cowboys. We're talking mental health and some big names in the NBA. Uh, so Vernon, are you ready to get with it? And you already know I am born ready. All right, man. Well, let's go ahead and get with the uh, contender. Yes, sir. So... With this segment, you know what? It's going to be kind of like Tinder, especially for y'all youngins. Y'all know how to use that swipe left, that swipe right. So this time we're going to get it with some topics. Let me go ahead and bring up the first one. <laughs> the first one we're going to be bringing up is how picking the wrong draft in the NBA. How picking the wrong draft pick, I should say, in the NBA can change the course of a franchise. We're going to swipe left or right on that one. Let's swipe right on that one, Bernie. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. So, um, as you know, many, many franchises have had their course change for better or worse because... Yeah, we've had some worse. Some, some really worse. Um, I think Cleveland is probably one of the best ones you could think of in the most recent history that... I mean, it was a no-brainer, but still, it, it really improved them overall. Even just getting one one ring out of, out of LeBron. Um, then you have other ones who picked horribly, I would say probably the Kings in the Luka, um, the Luka draft. If they had picked him, I guarantee you they wouldn't be as bad as they are now. Luka the Don. Right, exactly. So uh, go ahead and give me your spin on that. Well, VA for the longest time in my mind, I've been thinking these people getting paid millions of dollars to invest their time and doing research and players coming out of school uh, back in the day when they were coming out of high school. And to me, it's a no-brainer who the number one overall pick should be for the success of the team. You know, one that stings me that comes straight to mind, being a Laker fan, is uh, when Lonzo Ball was picked number two overall for the Lakers. <laughs> we had an option to pick Jason Tatum straight into the number two, man. And Jason Tatum was killing at Duke. Like, he was... He was... He was better than Kyrie. He shouldn't even been number six or seven. He was better than Kyrie. Yes, he he was balling. He was ridiculous. And, uh... Anyway, he had the option to be the number two pick for the Lakers and uh, come straight into the league. Now, I'm gonna go with the the way time has been rolling. Um, If you look at the two players, Lonzo Ball, yes, he's becoming a better player, but Jason Tatum was ready to rock and roll straight out of college and give the Lakers what they needed. And then going back into it, we're looking at uh, the history of both of them. Right now, uh, Lonzo Ball has not been an NBA All-Star. Jason Tatum has. That's big or healthy. That's a big deal. Look at the the difference. Health too. Like Jason Tatum is hardly like not played, and Lonzo has had multiple injuries. Injuries or not, Lonzo's also coming with his dad. Man, you cannot pass that one by. And the Lakers knew that ahead of time. Everyone knew about the the BBB, the Triple B, and all the drama (laughs) that came with that. And, uh, I mean, maybe they're trying to do the homegrown uh, Los Angeles thing, you know, because that's where Lonzo's from and 
and everything. But Jason Tatum, man, was a clear pick. Uh, so that's one I'm still a little bit salty on. Um, I know you got to be salty, you know, with the whole Luca, Luca the Don. No, you do. And then, I mean, but even going back to, to your draft, just kind of ending on that before we go and get into the Luca one, um, you had an all-star, I mean, a Hall of Famer, all-time great in Magic Johnson as the True. GM and the head of basketball operations. And, True. and he basically just hurt his own franchise by picking this person. And, and it shows you like putting someone who is an all-time great in a position like that is not always in the best interest of the franchise because they don't necessarily know what they're talking about when it comes to picking to, to having star quality just because you can play really well they're trying to sell those tickets right just because you can play well and you're a great showmanship but that's what he is the lake show don't mean that you know how to pick talent how to cultivate it how to develop it how to see who has the, the skill to really last now Alonzo is a good pick but he's not worth number two overall I, he, yes. he would have in my eyes he would have barely cracked the lottery Ooh. maybe 14 Ooh. 14 would have been a great pick for him and it probably would have been better for his confidence because that expectations that carried over his head I think that really hurt him in the first two years you know he had a lot of going in in his own mind you know the situation with his pops yep. and his know, mom the situation with his shoe brand um, there was a lot of things going on. He had injuries. He was sitting out a little bit. And, and of course, shot. he can't oh, bypass his. Exactly. I was, I was going to say that three-point funky left to the oh bottom, you know, uh, <laughs> over the top to the right. But, hey, he, he's developing into a good a good player. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for the boy now. But uh, back in the day, man, oof, if we could redo that, we definitely be in a different situation right now. Yes, and it was so such an easy pick. It was like a no-brainer, and I just feel like some of these people aren't held accountable for what they do to these, to these organizations. I mean, at the end of the day, they hired them, but it's like... Well, the accountability for him, man, he just up bounced. and walked out. Just bounced. Like it... He up and walked out, <laughs> and now he's a meme. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, but... I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> That was so funny in real time yeah. when I watched it. I was like, this dude is wilding out. Okay, so let's go ahead and flip to the next one. Um, we got NFL playoff matchups and who we thinking is winning these games. Swipe left or right. Swipe right on that one, Vernon. That's big news. Bruh, I'm, I told this you about calling me by my weekend, bro. Come on. Oh, yeah. VA, <laughs> you need to VA. put it on your screen so you can see VA. <laughs> well, I'm seeing your face and I'm, my bad. It's all good. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'll kick that one off. Um, NFL playoff matchups. Um, we got the top eight now. And it's always been, you know, I, playoffs go so fast for football because it's only 16 teams and then it's, it's a single elimination. So it's just so different than basketball. And I think the, pre- yep, one and yes, done. the pressure is so enormous. Like, if you have a bad game in a playoff series in, a, in the NBA, I right, you know, we're going to make it up the next night. We got four games to get this right. You got one game. And I think it's, I think it's, it, it really affects a lot of these QBs. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, as far as the matchups, I got, man, it's really hard for me to pick against the GOAT. But like the Rams, bro, the way they brought that, that hammer, pause, uh, it was ridiculous the other day. I mean, they really shut down Kyler. And made him look like the little man that he is. 
Um, <laughs> he is that little man, though. <laughs> you know what? I got to go with you on that one, man. I, I got to go against you. I mean, I mean, yes, Tom Brady is the GOAT, and it's hard to go against him. But all the drama with AB and, uh, you know, can they do it again? Uh, I hate to see the pressure on Matt Stafford, but if they play like they did last week, I think they take home the No, w. I'm with you on that. That's what I saw. I'm like, I don't like going oh, okay. against Tom, okay. but his oh, team is right. banged up. His team is banged up. They don't got yeah. AB. They don't got Chris Godwin. They, um, and like, that when he, when Brady gets pressured, bro, like if they, if they hadn't lost the Saints, I think twice this year, I probably would feel a little bit better. But when they get pressure on him, he act like he can't handle it. He just like, like gets frazzled. Yeah. Like how you lose to the Saints twice? They was trash this year. And I think they're gonna be even more prepared this year. They were prepared against the Cardinals. I think they'll yes, be more and motivated. The Tampa like I think the fact that they got Matthew, they like they feel empowered with him because I would be worried if I had golf back there. But Math, I mean, he hasn't had much playoff success, but that's because he just hasn't had a chance to really show what he can do. Detroit was so t- terrible. And you know what? Their late edition of OBJ, man, he turned it on. He was a big part of the game in the beginning that got God. him up early, and they just rolled out the waves. He's won games for them. I remember mean, the, the one game he had, I think, a, a couple weeks ago, and he he, he won the he got the, caught the game winning catch. And I'm just like, bro, they got him for 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 nickel and dime. Like it was the cheapest little sign, and I can't believe Cleveland gave him up so easily. Bruh. They literally did give him up. And I wonder if he was that big a deal or problem in Cleveland or if if they was some underwritten drama that, you know, the public didn't know about. But anyway, I'm happy for the brother because now he's doing things and it only took one game for us to see that. Facts. Uh, or he's been there for, I think, the game before. But, I mean, he's automatic uh, money for them. And they they're, they came out on top. Automatic, and I mean, I'm happy for him. I'm, I, I never really liked him as a giant when he was with the Giants because you know I'm a Cowboys fan, but I always admire how hard he played, the passion. Um, you could definitely see that he, yeah, cared. I got respect for his game. He's a little diva, but he got my respect, yeah. Facts. Um, the next one, um, was well, the next um matchup for the, the NFL postseason is Green Bay. And the 49ers. That one to me is going to be the best game of the week. Um, well, it's a no brainer for me, man. I'm going to go ahead and say the Packers are taking that one. The 49ers got the defense, and that's what I think won them the game against the Cowboys. Right. Uh, the physicality of the Cowboys. But yeah, I mean, we're looking at possibly the back to back MVP and Aaron Rodgers, and he's, he's gold out there. He is. He's dropping them right where they need to be you know you got Aaron Jones in the background I'm in the backfield and uh shout out to the 915 for Aaron Jones but he is uh you got Devontae Adams he's 99 in the Madden Players Club like he they got the they got the weapons and the 49ers and their QB it's gonna be a big deal to see what happens if they do lose if they gonna move on from him or not right but I'm gonna roll with the Packers yeah no I'm with you with the, I'm with you at the same place right there um I think the Green Bay is just too much this year they are really good on both sides of the ball um I think you can't rely uh, Cowboys you can rely on them to, to, to shoot themselves in the foot <laughs> Green Bay does not do that Matt LaFleur is like a really good coach I really like him I really like his schemes um and they're not going to make the same mistakes Cowboys did because that game was close even with Cowboys playing terrible. 
Um, 49ers, I do not have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm pretty sure he'll probably get hurt in this game and not even get to finish it. Um, And I I really like Debo Samuel, though. He's a beast. Um, But they they have George Kittle on there, who's one of the best tight ends in the league, and and it's like he's an afterthought. He's injury prone. He is, but at the same time, get that man the ball. Um, He's good. He's he's solid. solid. Um, but I, like you said, just just too much. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like he, this is a prove a year for him. He's playing like an MVP. Um, I think he, he, there's no way he doesn't make it to the the, um, the NFC Championship game. Like it's just not going to happen. True. Next one. We're on the same page with that. Right, one. right. Next one was um, looking at Titans and the who are they playing? Cincinnati. Oh Bengals. man. That one's going to be a good one, too, man. Um, I think... Jo- you know what? Go ahead. I'm not going to lie. Before Derrick Henry got injured, and if he was not injured, I would roll with the Titans. But since the injury, I'm going to have to roll with the Bengals. He's playing, though. I'm a, I'm, he is playing. But, you know, he he is... I hate to say he's going to be playing banged up because he's a big dude, man. He could probably <laughs> right. roll with it. But I can't go against uh, Burrow, man. He's playing so good. And he's what that city needed to turn around that franchise from the old Andy Dalton years. Last year, he got hurt. But he hasn't been hurt this year, and I'm going to roll with him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but at the same time, it's... It's hard for me to overlook the inexperience of the Cincinnati Bengals. Exactly. Like, You're right. The Titans have been here. Like, I think they got to the third round last year. I mean, to um, the, the championship yep. game. Like, they could have won exactly. it, I think. Like, when, they, when they get on, like, they get on. They're one of them teams that catches fire in the playoffs, and it's like a beast. And I know, like you said, Derrick Henry's not at his full strength. But, I mean, they still got Tannehill. He's, he's, he, like, his last couple games, he's been on fire. Um, the fact that they they even won, like I didn't think that they were gonna hardly make the playoffs when Derrick Henry went down, let alone win a division, like and get a yeah, bye, bro. Too. Like that's that's big. Like I said, they catch fire at the right time, and I think that they're just gonna be too much to for for the for the inexperienced Bengals. Like I love that the the, the uh, Joe Burrow and Tyler uh, Boyd, like they are just in sync, and it's it's a great 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 future tandem that's going to be killing the league for many years to come but this early on I think they're not ready yet Joey Burrow has his number one receiver from back from LSU and Jamar Chase and that boy is cold man from the beginning he was coming out I'm not gonna lie I took a chance with him on my fantasy he's been getting me numbers since day one I don't know why I said Tyler Boyd that's what I mean Well, he, I mean uh, he was he was solid too I'm talking about Jamar Chase that's what I meant Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the one Jamar that's going to be. Is cold. They're going to be nice for some years to come. And they have long connections. And you have a couple of those. Uh, if you have one or two of those a game, and it's going to turn into a TD, man, you can't go wrong with you that. Know, facts, facts. Last team we were talking about today is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And who are they playing? I forgot to. Oh my God! Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. Man, bro, there's some good matchups. I'm not going to lie. This is going to be a yeah. good good weekend for football. That one, I'm not going to lie. That one is, I feel like, it's going to be the leader of the AFC round anyway. Uh, right. Whoever wins that game, they're coming out in the Set AFC. Facts. That's what I'm, I'm thinking the same way. I think that whoever wins that one is going all the way. Um, who you got, though? Because 
Bills beat them early in the year. You know what? I'm a little... My my heart wants to tell me the Buffalo Bills are going to win, but my head is telling me that the Chiefs are going to win. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, I want Buffalo to win. Kind of, I, I, I don't want Kansas to be this dynasty that they think that they are. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not really set on Mahomes. Yeah, he's a great player, but they're talking about the goat, the future goat, and this and that and the other, the biggest deal and of all time, and uh, monetarily wise for their franchise. And he's a good player, but I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna scheme. Um, defensive wise up with the Kansas City Chiefs and I think it's uh, Stephon Diggs has a big game which I it's going to be to his time to prove because last year in the playoffs he did good but this is why I think that he'll be able to shine through yeah I think so you so you got Kansas City right no, oh you no, got no, Bills got the Buffalo Bills oh man man I mean I, I agree with you about the shining part but like it's again. It's hard for me. Just like it's hard for me to pick against the goat. It's hard for me to pick against the baby goat because, <laughs> bro, he gets it done. Like this man's playoff record is ridiculous. Like, he don't lose in the playoffs. Like, I, I, I mean, Andy Reid's a good. He's coach. a great coach. I mean, he's bro. been a coach for years and years. But it, there's something about you know their riskiness in the game that I do like. But I feel like it the beginning of the season they just were not consistent and then through the remaining part of the season they were hit or miss they have a couple of losses they have mainly wins but it still didn't visually look like they had it all together now they didn't had a couple of weeks now where they could just sit back uh um, and really just what well, they had one game um in the last two weeks and so they won like seven in a row though be bro. ready like, to go they're, they're, they're big, been uh, ready yeah I just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a low-key hater. <laughs> yeah, speak that truth. That's what it really is. Because, bruh, there's no way. Like, this will be the third in a row. It's hard to get get there, like, without knowing what you're doing. Again, like, to me, Bill's in that same conversation as Cincinnati. Ain't been there in a long time. You, and they got a young Do you Cuban. remember that Super Bowl game last year, though? They got Molly They Watt. did, but... It, but they, bro, the Bucks was no joke last year. The defense was on was was top five, offense top five. Yeah, ain't no one, no one, no, was no one the was beating them except for the Saints. I'm the Saints just always got their number. I, but but I, I I want. I mean, I'm not even really a, a Patrick Mahomes fan. I want the Bills to win, but like I thought, like they got that same like curse that the, the Cowboys do. Like they just can't get it done. Like it's like. Even when I remember back in the day, they went to like two two Super Bowls in a row and lost both of them. One to the Cowboys. Like they just can't. It's like a, a curse. But maybe this is the year that they get over that. So you know, we'll be optimistic. But well, would, this this is to be the decider in the AFC division. For sure, for sure. Either one of them is going to definitely go to the uh, Super Bowl. So next one we got is um, female refs. Swipe left. Swipe right. Swipe right. Okay, so we stopping on this one. We stopping. Okay. Um, man, I think female reps, female refs, uh, referees, that is, I think it's an emergence that I did not see coming so quickly. Um, I am all for it. 
especially when they look good. Um, <laughs> um, but no, put, put that aside, not to be sexist at all. Like, I think it's long overdue, honestly. Um, I think um, the players don't really see a difference in it. They seem to treat them just like they do anybody else. Um, and I think I, I really like it in basketball, but I also like it in football because um, obviously women don't really play football. There's not really many places they can go. So, like, you really got to be a student of the game. And I respect that. You know, do, doing a ref in a game you've never professionally played. Um, you've never even probably had to play in high school. It's just something you love. And so I'm all for yeah. it. Well, I'm with you and I'm not. Uh, what I mean by that is, yes, women have a place in, in everything. And uh, I believe they have a place as referee in sports, even in professional sports. Um, I would like to say that that uh, there are some differences that I've seen. And what I mean by that is if you take, a, take an example and you look at... Uh, uh, a referee in the NFL, right? It's a female referee. Where are they placing these female referees? They're not uh, in the mix of things. They're not in the box. They're not in in uh, in the slot route position. You know, well, why do you think that is? <laughs> because they can get hurt, man. And they they they're gonna get. They're not just gonna get knocked out, man. But it's gonna be a visual that everyone's gonna see in the NFL. Don't want no problem in that, right? That's a lawsuit wait, waiting to happen. But they place them on the sideline, right? And, and that's okay, I guess. But, you know, the whole equality thing, if there's going to be equality, there needs to be complete equality, True. I feel. True. And, and if they're going to be in it, then they need to be in all the positions. Don't just have right. them there on the sideline, uh, marking the ball, waiting for somebody to call a timeout. It needs to be full equality. Now, if you take a look in the NBA, you know, there's three refs on the NBA floor and they rotate kind of, you know, like in a triangle. And uh, I see, I don't know what her name is, but there's this one. She got the ponytail. Is, is she kind of like uh, muscular white chick? Yeah, yeah. muscular white chick. And 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 uh, I don't want to hate on her, but there has been some times where back to back, it just the calls are questionable. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's something about the physicality of the game that uh, I'm not sure if a female ref can match that, whether they're a student of the game, whether they played the game, yeah. you know, you know, I understand that they, they probably know more than me in some, in some points, but there are some points where I just like, I don't know if they understand the physicality of the male game. Like, is it okay to call a foul in a certain situation? Because they haven't been through that exact physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't played, you know, with the mass and the speed of men, um, uh, I mean, a blatant foul is a blatant foul. Right. They're gonna call a blatant foul. They're gonna disrespect the ref, and and, and they they uh, need to get a tech, and they need to get a tech. But at the end of the day, I do want to see female refs more and more. I think that that uh, it's long overdue, like you said, and it needs to happen. But I still have some questions. I'm not gonna lie. No, and that's valid. I mean, I've I've seen some of those questionable calls too, but at the same time, I've seen a lot of questionable calls from male refs. Like, <laughs> no, there's yes. a lot of bad and, and, male and, refs too. And and you're right on that. I mean, we were talking about female refs, and don't get me wrong, there are some male refs that 
honestly, I, I can't stand. And in the past, they've had, you know, history of uh, fixing games and stuff, too. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, and I get it. But uh, I, I, I got a love-hate relationship with female rest. And I think it's more of the process and them knowing when to call certain calls and when to kind of just let the players play. Right, and then, yeah, I think that comes with time, you know. I think the more that it's, it's a common thing, the more we'll have more women be more respected, you know, just like with coaching, which another topic we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about, where now it's a lot more respectable for these women to be coaching basketball, like Becky Hammond. I mean, <laughs> Becky Hammond. Um, what's that? That... Yeah, that's, that's her name. Her. Okay, yeah, Becky Hammond. I was thinking she was soccer, yeah. soccer player from the Spurs. Well, yeah. she was from the Spurs. Now she's a uh, WNBA exactly. coach. But you know, we'll talk about that some other right. time. But yeah, that, that's a good example. There. Okay, next one up for contender is Cowboys and Dak's playoff record. Oh, swipe right. <laughs> I'm swiping right today. We like everything. We them boys. All right. So as you know, Cowboys suffered a crushing loss. Something that Jerry Jones says was one of the most disappointing losses that he's ever experienced. I can name countless other ones that were worse. So um, I'm yeah, not even like I'm not even that worried about it. And it's, I think it's because expectations from him were just out of the damn park. I remember I heard him talking about Super Bowl bust. I'm like, bruh, do you see the the, the team? I mean. Well, he's not with the rest of the world. He's still always stuck in Jerry's world. Like, have you seen the games we've won and lost? And you telling me Super Bowl bust? Like, bruh, we're only beating our division. Um, so well, yeah. Um, and just to give a little tidbit before you go into it. Dak's playoff record is now the same as Tony Romo's through the first, I think, what four years of his career, one in three in the playoffs. <sighs> so are we? We've talked about this a little bit before, Vernon, and it's hard to, to not get off the, the the Cowboys bandwagon, but it is what it is with them. We both had expectations of them coming up short. We didn't yes. know it was going to be this early, but we thought they were going to come up short just because of their track history. But who's to blame here? You can't really tell, but they the last few games, the Cowboys have been off and then they had a really good game I forgot who against but they blew them their opponent out the water and then all of a sudden you know they were still iffy like what where was their production going to come from you know uh certain receivers playing big and then I had Amari Cooper little blow up uh well not necessarily a blow up but was questioning his production and where you know they're gonna use him more. And then when he didn't want to do in the playoff, I think he did hardly anything on that game. I mean, he had maybe a couple catches, but at the end of the day, uh, they just came up short, man. And I hate to say it, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I went back and I saw you know highlights and everything because they were down majority of the majority. game and. And 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 just I mean, the to whole game, be they were put down. in a position, yeah, just to be put in a position to be to possibly win at the end. You can't win a playoff game like that. You gotta you gotta be off the jump. You gotta be ready. The preparation before the game even starts needs to be on point. Did, did but, you go back and watch that final play? My oh gosh. yeah, I did. Oh my, my god! You know what though? As soon as he started taking off running, I was thinking. What is this Joker <laughs> yes, doing? Bro. Because 
you know, you Why knew he was not like, going to get no. there. You knew he was not going to get there. Like, Maybe the they could have clocked the ball. But even if they were 20 yards out, 15 yards out, whatever, they still had one opportunity to throw the ball with that much distance before they score a TD. Yeah. And that's just to get to overtime. Exactly. Or, or I'm sorry. Yeah, just to get to no, overtime. No, I think, I think they were down the six, game. so yeah, would have won yeah, the game. Won, yeah, they would have won the game. But still, one possession... Yeah, that's big in sports. You know, it's, they play by the you know the inches and the yards. Everything matters. But at that point, it's like you don't. You definitely don't deserve to win a game or something like no, that. No, you don't. And I can't even like have sympathy for them because it's like this is like their own doing. Like the penalties, the most penalized team in the in the NFL. Like it's ridiculous. Like. It, I, 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 it's hard to rely on a team that makes that many dumb mental mistakes. Like that, that one they had, they had like a couple se- uh, sequences before um, they had the ball, and they freaking did like a, a um, they did a fake punt, got the first down, and then try to draw the other team offsides, and then got their own offside uh, delay of game penalty. Like what kind of dumb? I'm like, where? What was? What is yeah. this? Then they had a they had a a, a forward pass. Uh, from Dak to I think it was CD Lamb who lateraled it back for them to get out oh of the bound out of bounds yeah. to stop the clock, which is good. I mean, but there's a lot of chances that they had to go right just to set them up in position for Dak to run the ball and not clock the ball right. in time. I feel like you can't put that on the refs. No, you, you can't. Maybe you can't. You can't put that on McCarthy. You can't put that on Dak. The only people to blame. You know, honestly, is the whole organization, right. and you can't fire the whole organization. I mean, honestly, I wish I, I, I would like for McCarthy to be gone. I don't really think he knows what he's doing. We don't really need him. He doesn't even call plays. He can't even like manage the clock right. Um, he, he can't even figure out if he wants to go for a challenge or not. Like he just looks clueless every time they show him in the in the, in the screen. He's like looking up at the scoreboard at the screen. Like, what do I do? And it's just like you know what I. I can agree with you for the most part, but at the same time, you know, they gave uh, Jason Garrett a good time there. They Way, did. His, his so, stay was long overdue. Yeah. So we're gonna, it's going to be interesting what they do yeah, with him. Yeah, I, I doubt they get rid of him anytime soon. I mean, that's why I'm not really tripping on him because he's going to end up staying. And, he's, and I mean, honestly, he's better than Jason Garrett. So I'm not, I can't complain too much. I think more of the blame is needs to be put on Dak, honestly. Um, he... It is scary, though, to see, you know, the success of the the coaches that they have in line for other head coaching positions within Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. And are they going to go somewhere else? Is that going to mess up, you know, the future? And I definitely can see that happening, especially Dan Quinn. He he coached that defense up, man. They were bottom of the league last year. Yeah, because they were garbage. They were were garbage. I mean, they were really good this year. and. I think, um, like I said, Dak's play, man, like, like, there was some some really questionable throws, a lot of three and out. Um, like, it's just they couldn't really get going, and you have a lot of weapons. Like, he did decent, but, like, it just wasn't like, it wasn't the, the $75 million man type performance. So, it's like... Talk about $75 million, man. What about the boy, Ezekiel Elliott? Bruh, he, he's really falling off. Like, I can't... I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone this year. Like... And you know what? I think he's going to be gone in the next couple. I can say that. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah, I, it was disappointing. But as we, as we talked about before, we expected this. Like we were surprised if they get if they get past this one. So, 49ers were just hot. They just they just beat the Rams, bro. And the Rams looked so dominant just yet, last weekend. So I already knew it was gonna be a problem. True. Um, Next one, all right. Novak getting deported. Swipe left or right. Well, he already got deported, so let's swipe left on that. Our last contender topic is college football. Is it still worth watching? That's a good question, BA. There's a lot of history in certain teams. Let's let's, let's, let's swipe right. There's a lot of history in uh, in, in teams and, and especially in you know the big name schools. Um, you got um, Alabama, you got UT, you got pretty much the whole SEC um, just running things, man. And you know other teams like UT and what is it, Oklahoma now? They're trying to join the SEC, and they will here in the next couple of years. Um, it's hard to say, man, that it college football is interesting because I feel like they give that a little bit more effort, but they ain't not playing no defense in college. No. Um, you know, you got these high scoring games, um, blowouts left and right. And sometimes when I watch college, uh, sometimes too in the NFL, but mainly in college, I just, I, I kind of hope they implement the varsity rule. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but, uh, when you have these um, divisions like the SEC or conferences like the SEC and uh, the bigger name ones, they're just taking over, and so all the other ones don't really matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like with you, but then I, I then again, I think I think it's really diversified now compared to what it used to be. Um, like you got teams like um, Jackson State that got the number one, one like the top five recruit, I think number one corner in the nation with Deion Sanders like I'm excited for like these smaller teams now mainly because I think because of the name likeness rule like that now you can get money no matter where you go you, you don't, you don't got to go to these big schools that are promising you know these hundred thousand dollars on the side whatever they do now it's all out in the open and to you right but there's a type of player I feel that's gonna go you know to a, a, a smaller school like Jackson State um, or even smaller than that, or HBC. John Morant, though. Just because they already know. True. With the Murray State. I mean, they, they. I would have never they, thought that. I don't. I. I wouldn't be able to tell you because I haven't talked to him obviously <laughs> about it. But um, you know, he was already a top player. Yes. I want to say he was a top fifty player, and so if you're a top fifty player, more than likely you get into the league. Wherever um, you play, yeah. In football, it might be a little bit more difficult because the, the the situations and and the schools and you know they gotta be winning in order to stay relevant. Right. But at the same time, it's like ah, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I think, but I think the fact that a lot more like coaches, like player coaches, are getting hired, I think that helps a lot. Like in Memphis, they got penny hardaway yeah they got anthony so yeah they got anthony and and but and they've been having a tough time lately but at the same time uh they're i feel like they're trying to build programs so they're trying to get these bigger name players there yeah and i mean good for them i don't blame them at all but at the end of the day you know are they hurting their draft stock if they're not winning 
Um, I think you got Amani Bates over there in Memphis, and he, I mean, he doesn't look the greatest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he was the number one, uh, I think, pick in that class, uh, or projected pick in that class. Um, and you have people like Paolo Banchero. I mean, he's number one for me right now playing in Duke. Um, yeah. But I'm they're like winning, him. you know. They've lost a couple, but they're winning. And and, and their team is going to be in contention later on in the season. And, and it's probably going to get them further in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, in, in, in the in the uh, tournament. I mean, we, we kind of got off topic a little bit. But so, so I'll just bring it back a little bit. Um, for me, college football is, is just hard to watch because – the, the defense is not there. That's the biggest difference. And, and, but, and the crazy thing is that I can still watch college basketball. Like, they play defense, to me, more than in the NBA. It's like the reverse. Like, they go to the NBA yeah, they and stop, they stop playing defense. In the NFL, I mean, in the um, NFL, they, they play defense for real. But in college, it's like, especially in these big programs, man, they're just throwing up 50 points like it's nothing. 50 to 45 game. And it's like, where is the defense? Are they there? Are they existing? Like, how is the scheme that hard to grasp that y'all just getting roasted? Like, because now, you know, everybody passes and it's not, you're hardly running and they're just bombing, just bombing it, just bombing it. And it's just like down the field, down the field, down the field. Like, who is guarding these guys? Where, where are y'all getting these safeties from? These are big, these are top D1 schools and y'all defense is trash. I mean, it, it, it goes back to show, you know, the maturity of a professional athlete and you know the inexperience uh in certain situations for college players i mean i hate to say it but that's why you have all the crazy buzzer beaters in the college games and the ncaa brackets tournaments and all that and then you have you know big goofy mistakes of players intercepting the ball running it all the way to the to the to the touchdown and they they lose the ball before or they throw the ball back before they cross the line it's just these little <laughs> yeah they it just they just uh immaturity um inexperience and you gotta remember they're kids man most of these kids still go to the league and they barely 19 20 21 Facts. all right so that was the end of our contender segment um go ahead and kick it off with the next one all right, right i got i got something for you we are going to uh, play a little game called Functioning Organization. And what I want you to do is you're going to list a top thing that comes to mind when I say, you know, the topic. Okay. Right. So let's start off with the New York Knicks and are they making it in the playoffs with Julius Randle and all these guys? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> it has been. Dang. Oh man, it is a tragedy. I I have no other words for it because they were so good last year. Um, I thought the Garden was back. I thought that you know New York finally had a staple, and it's just like I don't know how a team aggresses that that much in one year I, I know teams get better but like to aggress that far down like they're not even in the, I think in the like, I remember they were top 10 they may make the play in like you were like 5C last year 4 or 5C I think they were 4C and, and Atlanta was 5C I don't maybe I mean, not maybe not but I know I know it was a top I know they were top they were top 5 last year and now they're not even in the top 10 maybe maybe not 
I mean, they've they've been on a roll lately. I'm not a gonna roll. Lie. What kind of roll? But, Downhill. I mean, <laughs> some positive things coming out is Julius Randle. Now you have the whole trade of uh, Cam Reddish going over there, and I think he's a solid player. You have Fournier. He's putting up, you know, better numbers than the last few years. Um, you have RJ Barrett. He's been having some big games. So there's some positives to look at, right? But at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, tragedy is not a bad, I mean, it's a bad word to describe them, but it's not a bad word to, to not see that why that's possible. It's more um, the situation than them because I agree with you. They have some good pieces, but they're not consistent. Um, Julius Randle is like at odds with the fans. It's just like, the fans boo them on a regular if they don't play good. New York is just hard to, like, be consistently good in because once you start playing well, they expect that every night. Like, they just got beat down. It's the expectations yes. in the garden. They got beat down by the Pelicans, bro. Just the other night. They were born. Julius Randle had four points. Tell me that's a good. Well, there's a lot of viewpoints. There's a lot of viewpoints on their whole organization, especially with James Dolan had, like, six it. points, bro. Like, they're just not consistent. They're not. Like, they played well against the Mavericks. That was the last game I watched where they were actually playing well. Like, they went off. And after that, it was like that game never happened. They don't build upon any of their wins. And it's crazy. It's like Tom Thibodeau's teams have this history of, like, being really good, aggressive defense. But it's like he runs them into the ground and, like, they burn out halfway through the season. Well, I hate to say it's a tragedy. But you're right. It's a tragedy. (laughs) All right, VA. So... Let's jump into some mental health. Um, Naomi Osaka, Kevin Love, Aiden Hurst, Dak Prescott. There's some names that have been at the forefront of the mental health in sports. Um, What's the first word that comes to your mind about this mental health topic and these names? First word would have to be... Awareness. I think another name we can throw into that is going to be um, the, the gymnastic chick. Uh, what was her name? Um, Simone. Ooh, yes. Um, something with an S. Simone Biles. Yes. Um, I think it's what they're doing is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Um, especially Simone Biles. Like, could you ever imagine in the '90s, um, Dominique Dawes, who I had the biggest crush on when I was a kid, <laughs> like being like coming out <laughs> as a black girl, being like. Uh, I don't think I can do it. And, and Dude, the whole world is, lie, is like, you know, relying on you to play as far as like United States. Like, imagine the type of uh, vitriol she would receive. I mean, I get the whole mental health and in, in, in sports and everything. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, these things before you go out there, you know, the pressures built up yeah. on you, especially in gymnastics, man, you got to be straight focus because one thing one slip up and and you're injured yes or you you fall you can't even Um, fall in gymnastics yeah (laughs) you cannot fall well i mean i mean if you fall in gymnastics you hurting yourself especially with the air that she's getting right you know um but at the end of the day you know simone biles man simone biles naomi osaka these are two big women in sports that are the leaders of their sports and looked up to across the, the world. And to some point, I kind of want to say it's a little bit immature of the things that they're doing just because they're using mental health 
uh, I understand that mental health is, is is something to be looked after and it is something that matters and it's there. Like there's it's growing every day. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a difference between mental health and it's an absolute problem and you're getting counseling and you're getting prescriptions and you you know you're getting this help that you need compared to this pressure that's you're kind of building on yourself. You know, your expectations are being number one. You have all these endorsement deals. They want you to act a certain way. Um, But this has been going on for years. People have been having the same type of pressure on themselves. And to throw you into some depression, maybe you do have some mental health if you can't handle that. But at the same time, these are two young girls. Um, I hope they're able to turn it around. And hopefully they didn't just blame mental health for this. They're the only ones that would know the answer to that question. Um, that's a good. That's a good mental health. A good response though, because like, honestly, like, on one hand, you know, you want to applaud it because, like you said, back in the day, they couldn't get that. You couldn't have that as an excuse. Um, you had to power through it like everybody else does. Um, but so, like, it's it's good that these people can get that the help they need. But on the, on the other hand, it's like people like Ben Simmons blamed mental health. Bruh. Exactly, and it's like it's like ain't nothing ain't wrong, with, wrong with him. He just don't want to play for Philly no mm-hmm. more. That's it. Exactly. And so it gets so you, go, that's you don't know I'm who saying. to believe. You don't. It's like now you can use it as like a crutch. Like oh, I I, I didn't perform right because I had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Like I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you can use it as a crutch. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's a very thin line between you know someone really having a depression and someone just trying to have an excuse to get out of what they got to do. And I agree, man. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, VA, Clay Thompson's return. I'm going to have to go with Cinderella's story. Um, him coming back has been uh, a blessing for the league. I think it's, it's for all people that are going through something. I think it's an inspiration. Being out two years, having a, a one-year rehab, then immediately having another serious injury is just, I think, talk about mental health. That is a big toll on, on someone's um, mental because you don't know if you want to ever play sports again and you might be done like it's just a lot yeah, so you, it's a lot of self-belief he, to get through that it's definitely a Cinderella story and it is good to see him return to the league there's a lot of anticipation from a lot of big name people wanting to see the success of him coming out and just getting buckets right away I'm one of those people you're one of those people um, if I had to say it's assassin because he's an assassin, man. He's good. I think he's a better uh, shooter than Steph Curry, uh, depending on you know percentages and uh, in game. Especially um, with Curry struggling of late, like bruh, bruh. You know, I'm not that big of a Steph Curry fan, but I mean, can't hate on him either because he he is great. But uh, it, it's exciting to see Clay Thompson come back. And when I saw him score the first bucket of his first game back, it was like. Man, it was the first two points for the team. That's an exciting feeling, man. It is. Uh, to get him rolling. He got a dunk. And then not too long after, yeah, not that long after, he didn't got that dunk. And Ed, Ed, imagine being in that arena. Oh, man. Oh, man. That'd have been something special. The first thing that comes to mind when you hear Kyrie Irving's return. Man, I'm going to have to say devil on one side, angel on the other. Um, I feel like it's good. For the team right now, because they need him. Kevin KD is out. Um, they definitely need him on the road to win some of these games, keep that dominance that they've been having. 
Um, but on the other hand, it's kind of bad for the team's camaraderie, for their their um, for the, the, the for people to figure out their fit on the team because he's taking someone's spot. Um, You're right. I man. feel like it's really going to hurt them in the playoffs. Like, dude's going to not be able to play any home games. Like away games. Uh, well, he, he can only play away games. He can't play at home at all. Oh, you right. So it's just right. like, but how do you? For me, I'm gonna have to say poisonous. Yeah. I mean, you're right. He's poisonous, and anything that he touches is poisonous. We know he's good on the floor. We know he's one of the best point guards in the game, and he's got the best handles. Um, and the thing is, you know, he, he brings negativity situations, and he says he's just a positive vibes person, and he might be. If you're his friend, but in the business world of basketball, everything that he's attached with is poisonous. And I hate to say it, uh, but he's poisonous. Yeah, and for, for the league um, in general, you had, like you said, what he's doing. if there was any other player in the league that was doing what he was doing, they wouldn't look one way in that player's direction. Because it's Kyrie Irving, they're allowing him to play away games and there's you know, he stood back for a little while and they didn't allow it. But now that, you know, it's crunch time and they about to go to playoffs soon. Here comes the all-star break, all that. Now they're going to allow him to play away games. And that's that's a little detrimental, I think. And it's it's kind of greedy of a, of, a, of a franchise like the New York. Uh, I'm sorry, the New Jersey Nets. But at the end of the day, Brooklyn, you know, he's, boy. he's poisonous. <laughs> oh, so you... Uh, I don't know. I already forgot that. You got to edit yeah, that you're out. Sleepy. But um, <laughs> but the Brooklyn Nets, you know, it, it's poisonous to have Kyrie. Period. And I I don't see him the longevity that he, that he wants in his mind after the, this next contract is up with all his uh, shenanigans. No, I mean if you think about it, like in this new era of basketball player, I think he's the first one. Uh, I, new era as in probably last ten years first big star player to force his way out. Uh, remember he did yeah. in Cleveland. He- and of positiveness. Like, he has it set up there. It's not because he's in a negative situation. He's in a positive situation. Yep. He's forcing himself out of a positive exactly. situation. Same. So, oh, I think man. I think Ben Simmons took a play out of his book and is definitely doing that right now. Oh, yeah. Um, well, VA... It's all fun and games until someone gets called in HR. It's the inaugural show. And, man, I'm excited to see what's for the future of uh, this Human Resources podcast. Um, Definitely. I feel like we definitely going to have some good topics to talk about. And uh, I think we have a good perspective on on, um, sports and how it fits into everyday life. And um, I'm really excited to dissect some of these things that these people are doing because, man, they wilding out. Until next time. Yes, sir. Deuces.